Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel of Anshayamit Synagogue in Chicago and author Jonathan Eig talk about this week's Torah portion of Kititze. Does Judaism have to be defined by our suffering or should we embrace more of the good stuff? In your youth and in my youth, I think that there was a preponderance of conversation about anti-Semitism. And I think that the Jewish community did an excellent job instilling fear into us. What do you think? <laughs> fear and guilt. Those are specialties of our, of our faith, aren't they? Um, yeah, I, I agree. That's, um, there's no question about it. I mean, uh, it seems like it's, it's deeply, deeply ingrained in our religious education, for better or for worse. Yeah, I was thinking that if you would have asked me as a, let's say, a 12-year-old, why be Jewish? I would have said, I think, something along the lines of, well, I have to be Jewish to carry on the tradition. After all, so many Jews have been sacrificed during the Holocaust. You know, it's my job to make sure that Judaism doesn't die in my generation. I mean, does that sound familiar to you as 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 language that at least, well, if you wouldn't have said it, at least considered it? Absolutely, I think that's a big part of what's conveyed. And you know, um, even for a kid, even for as you said, a twelve-year-old, you're probably not going to say, "Well, I like the parties" or "I like the food." The first, you know, especially if you're thinking seriously, and I'm sure you were a very serious twelve-year-old, um, you would reflect on the importance of being Jewish, and you'd reflect on that continuing that tradition that has been under threat so severely and so often throughout you know the the history of our people so yeah i think that's probably where i would have gone at age 12 too in thinking to that about that question well i don't know that my teachers or parents would have said i was a serious or thoughtful young person <laughs> but the reality is is that whatever time i was listening in hebrew school or i was listening in synagogue it's quite likely that that was the message that i was hearing that Israel's under attack, or we've got to fight to make sure that Israel isn't destroyed, or we have to remember the Holocaust, or we have to fight anti-Semitism. Those were the constant messages that we were hearing during those years. And it was effective. It was also effective, by the way, from a fundraising point of view for the Jewish community. But I'm not sure that it was effective as a Jewish strategy, if you will, for the future. Right. And, and it's understandable. Let's, you know, be clear. It's just, we're only talking about a generation after the Holocaust for us as kids. And there are people in our lives, parents and grandparents, who remembered this vividly. And, and Israel's um, survival was even more perilous then than it is now, certainly much more perilous than it is now. Uh, so these were these were real concerns and real anxiety that filtered down to us. Absolutely. Absolutely. But was it the best strategy? Was it the best marketing for the religion, right? I think in, I think in that way, yeah. And, and I think our portion kind of speaks to it or at least raises the question. You know, this portion of um, Kitetse has 72 commandments. So it is the winner of the portion with the most commandments. So the next time you want to play a trivia game, now you have a clue that you know the answer to. I'll be so popular with that one. <laughs> I'm sure. 
I'm sure people will be dying to know the answer to that question. But regardless, in this portion, the portion ends with Moses reminding the people that they were attacked by Amalek. And Amalek is a, um, a tribe, a desert band that attacks them. And what Moses shares with the people is that he not only attacked them, he didn't, but he attacked them from the rear. And he and his men attacked the, the women, the children, and the elderly who were at the back of the caravan. The fighting men were normally in the front. So he wasn't actually trying to win the war. He was just trying to inflict pain on the people and subject the weakest element to their swords. And so he wins the enmity of God and ultimately the Jewish people. And it says, Zachor Tashera Salacha Amalek. Remember what Amalek did to you. And we do remember, and Amalek has become the symbol of anti-Semitism writ large. So Haman was a descendant of Amalek. Hitler was a descendant of Amalek. And on it goes that those people who carry on this sort of irrational hatred of Jews are part of the Amalekite tribe. And so to this very day, we see a resurgence in anti-Semitism. The fact that we now have a government official in Deborah Lipstadt, whose sole job is to oversee what's happening with anti-Semitism in this country, says that the spirit of Amalek is still alive and well. But here's the question, Jonathan. How much should we be remembering Amalek? In other words, would I have been right as a 12-year-old? Why be Jewish so that Amalek doesn't get a victory? Is that the goal? Or is there a greater balance that we should be thinking about? It's a great question. And I think, you know, the 12-year-old Rabbi Siegel, who was wise even in his youth, would say, well, there, there's nothing to fight for. There's nothing to celebrate. There's no religion to sing with joy over if we don't, you know, ensure the survival of our people. Um, on the other hand, um, you know, religion has always been in part something we draw on to help us through hard times, to help us when when it seems like there may be no future, but that doesn't mean you have to give up on the joyful part of, of what religion can offer. And, and I think that when you define yourself so much by your own suffering and your peril, you maybe become a little bit heavy hearted and, and, and you, you, you lose touch with the, the song and the joy that, you know, is such a big part of religious celebration and, you know, the community that, that you know, all of that, all of that good stuff maybe gets overlooked. Maybe we don't appreciate it enough. I think there's a good example in this portion I, I mentioned that there are 72 mitzvot in this portion, right? But I guarantee you the one mitzvah, Zachor Tashera Salacha Amalek, remember what Amalek did to you, is the commandment that Jews have spent the most time thinking about over the years. Mm, right. There's probably more commentary on that, more sermons. That's the overriding lesson. But if you actually look at the portion, there are laws regarding returning lost property, even to your enemy, right? You have to return lost property. Think about how this, how a society would function if I actually, and you were actually commanded to care about other people and their property. You don't just drive by when something's going on, but you actually are commanded to stop. Or how you treat animals. There's a law regarding a mother bird. And if you're walking in a forest and you want the eggs in a nest, you have to chase the mother bird away because you have to understand that the mother bird has feelings. Now, we don't know 
that the mother bird has maternal feelings in the way that a human being does, but the Torah thinks it does. And so what does it mean when we actually look at animals and think about their feelings? How does that affect how we treat animals, right? So there's a lot of things in this portion, just on a moral level, that we should talk about. And that's not even talking about the other portions of the Torah that speak about Shabbat or the holidays or a celebration of life itself. Yeah, that's right. I think that's a great point. I like to think that it's not so much our defensiveness and our caution and our being on alert for Amalek and his descendants that has kept the religion alive, but it's the love. It's the, it's the, it's the song, it's the festivals, it's the prayer, trying to love one another that's really kept it alive and that uh, we focus maybe too much on the negative. Look, I think, you know, going back to something you said earlier, there, is, there are historical reasons why we might, you know, have sort of a negative view of things, right? That the history sure. hasn't been kind to us. But the reality is, is that we're here. So do we want to be looking back at our past the entire time without celebrating what we have and where we've come to? It's a pretty remarkable time. You know, the, the Israel that I grew up with, I remember that Israel was almost wiped out or we feared that it was going to be wiped out. And, and those fears were justified. Israel's in a very different place today. So we shouldn't be treating Israel as if it is always in the existential crosshairs, because it's not. The reality is, is that Israel's strong. That doesn't mean that Israel doesn't have to protect itself. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't stand with Israel. What I am saying is that Israel's in a very different place. So how do we live in this reality when things are actually okay? Yeah, I think that's a great point. And you and I have talked about this, too, with our kids. Do you want to send your kids off to college telling them to be afraid of all the anti-Semitism and they're going to find on campus? Or do you want to send them to, off to college and say, hey, you're going to find a really great Jewish community there, too, in addition to your academic community, and it's going to be fun? I think that's such a great point. I was at a rabbinic meeting with some leader, national leaders, and some of the national leaders from Hillel were there. So naturally, the rabbis in the meetings were asking about, well, what are you doing about all the anti-Israel sentiment? And the leaders sort of rolled their eyes and they said, look, if the reality on college campuses was like the presentation that people hear on a daily basis, that that's all that's going on on college campuses, then I think we would take our kids and get out of there. But the reality is, is that it is there. We do react to it, but there's so much positive going on on college campuses. We need to broaden our, open our lens and say, yes, that's there. We need to prepare our kids to be able to respond and be part of that conversation and acknowledge when Israel is right and also acknowledge when Israel is wrong, but also be able to talk about the fact that Israel is a country and it can't be canceled and isn't a colonial state, et cetera. You know, we need to be able to kind of balance all of that, but also to kind of look at college campuses as, you know, a place where Jewish life is flourishing in many ways. But we don't do that. We're capable of, of embracing both of these ideas, that there is anti-Semitism, to be sure. And in many ways, it's it's grown worse in recent years. And there is a threat to Israel always. And, and, and this is a part of our identity and our history. But um, we don't have to define ourselves. We certainly don't have to let it overtake and overwhelm all of the, the good things. You know, we as Jews kind of revel 
in our pessimism. It certainly has paid the bills for a lot of comics. <laughs> right. I, I, I have. I feel. I feel a joke coming from you here. You got one for me. Um. Well. <laughs> you know the story about why Jews don't um, don't party more than they do. It's because it interferes with their suffering. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. That's what we're talking about here, right? We sometimes we we prefer to we prefer to focus on the suffering. Exactly. It's time that we stop because our children are looking for positive places. They are looking to celebrate. They're not looking to constantly seeing, looking at the glasses if it's half full or the other shoes about to drop. It's really about kind of looking at the world through a more optimistic lens, which is ultimately what the Jewish people are about. It's about building a better world and living to see that day. Well, thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Rabbi. You've made me into an optimist. <laughs> That's unusual for me. I don't usually have that effect on people, but thanks. <laughs>